I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Hello and welcome back to episode nine of the Not Even Big Serious podcast. Actually, done nine episodes. We've done nine. Jesus Christ! I listened to the to the previous one. That was number eight. Jesus. We've done well. We're back, but there's only two of us, and I feel like only one of us wants to be here. No, I'm. I'm going to be here. It's fine. I'm happy. It's myself and Aaron. It's just us two. The other two are in England living their lives, but they will be back. I, I would like to put that on record in the summer, maybe. And I've missed it. Yeah, it's it's a good way just to also keep in touch and just get, you know, if something on your mind and you just want to talk about random stuff as well. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, we, we've been doing, we're still, it's 2021, we're still in lockdown, kind of, coronavirus, still about, and I feel like this is just uh, a continuation of, we, we go on walks, and we just talk. Yeah. That was good. And now we swim, because we will, we, actually, you hit me up for the swimming. The... No, 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 I was like, I was like, bro, do you want to work out? And then you're like, yes, big yes. And then I'm like, all right. So what I'm thinking is we go on a run and then maybe do like a circuit as well, just to, you know. And then you're like, no, you can swim. I'm like, yeah, I know I can swim. He says, okay, let's go swimming. So then we started swimming. That's it. It's your fault. Yeah, but I, I enjoy it. It's nice. It's, good. It's, it's just the first five minutes when you're trying to sort of get past the freezing cold water. That's it. And... <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to audio describe... What Aaron looks like when he gets into the sea. <laughs> we get there and we, we strip to our trunks. So the first stage, it's like the five stages of grief. The first stage is Aaron's toes go into the water. That's acceptance. <laughs> That's acceptance. First it's the toes. The toes go in, the hands go on the hips and we look at, and he looks towards the sun as if to ask why God, why? Then it's the steady, slow entry up until the water reaches your crotch. Yeah, but the thing is, with, with the with the beach we go to, there's there's two points where it gets shallower again, so it goes deeper than shallow. That second one is horrible. Yeah, and I've sort of mapped them out so I know when to expect the you know when it's gonna shallow out, so I know to push through it. But yeah, I mean, once we get in, it's nice. I like that. It's swimming. It's good. I swear. Do you not? I asked you this this morning, but like once, once you, you don't dive in, you like submerge yourself into yeah. the water. But w when I do, when I dive in, I'm like, why did I suffer through that? Like tentative first stage when like once you go in, you sort of like, okay, well, this is it now. Yeah, that's fine. But I told you, I've got my process. You can do it however the fuck you want. That's just my process there's works no, for me. There's no regret to your process. No, if, if there's anything I'm going to regret in life, it's not going to be how long it took me to get into the sea. But it's been good. I'm actually enjoying it. This is what, our sixth day in a row. Yeah, we've done well. But so what was it that, what, what was it that made you ask to work out? It had been on my mind. Obviously, uh, so, always is. so last weekend, uh, I went to my grand's and we were helping her out because she's planning to move and stuff. And then as we were sort of sitting down, she goes, you've put on a little bit of weight. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, it looks like you've put on a bit of weight. And 
I haven't weighed myself since coming out of, of my of my uh, quarantine. And when I came out of quarantine, I was 96 kilos. I was doing all right. And then I was like, I haven't put on that much weight. But then obviously we ate a massive lunch that my uh, prepared, my grand prepared. And then I went home and I weighed myself. I was like 99 kilos. I thought, oh, geez, in the space of, I think a month, I put three kilos on. This isn't good. So I just I hit you up straight away. I'm like, tomorrow do you want to like, do something? Because it's bad if I continue on this rate, I hit triple digits again. So, yeah. You were on the 99 and you are on the brink. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. So something had to be done. If the grant says that you have to do something. When was the last time you consistently worked out? I mean, you hated it, right? When I started in, in the summer, he fucking killed me if I was brutal. But yeah. There was never a point throughout that process, which, you know, normally working out or exercising, that we get, most people at least, get a positive effect from that. But you were just like, no, I hate it. Yeah, because the stuff he was doing to me was ridiculous. I one point I was going twice a day. I was going twice a day, right? I mean, he was making me do CrossFit things, which is mostly body weight stuff. My body's heavy and I can't cope. He's like, oh, you did today we're gonna do 100 pull-ups, 200 sit-ups, 300 push-ups and 500 squats. I'm like, are you fucking shit? <laughs> and, then, and then you had to do like, a, like a, a mile run in something like six minutes or something. I can't do that. Yeah, no, I fucking hate it. When when if when things go back to normal, what was like what is is, because you're not inexperienced when it comes to physical exercise, especially on you. I guess so. What's like your idea? Have you got like an idea? I feel like you'd be good. Your your strength is your strength, so you'd be good at heavy lifting. Yeah, I think I think lifting weights is good, but it's. If I want to lose fat, I need to do something more cardio-centric so I can burn fat. I don't, I don't know if there's some sort of, you know, regime where you can you can use weightlifting to, to lose fat. I don't really want to put on muscle because I'm, I'm already bulky as it is. I don't want to get bigger. I just want to lean out. So ideally, in a perfect world, I'd, I'd want to do something that will just sort of tone me up a bit. Hence why swimming, I think, is really good. But the first, the first day we went, I we almost threw up. Yeah, yeah, I, I fucking out, genuinely, it was bad. But then the second day, and it's really amazing, like the process we made from like day one to day six. For real, like, and I don't think either of us have have an engine anyway. That monstrosity you made me do at the end of today, I didn't enjoy. It. You, I see. We we finished the so our normal our normal exercise schedule is we we get in, we do five short sprints and then two longer distance swims. The first day, after the five sprints, we couldn't finish one of the long lengths without stopping. And we couldn't, we didn't do two long lengths like we had planned. We yeah, stopped yeah. halfway first day, through. Yeah, I was going to fucking throw up genuinely. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was on that with you. My mouth was salty and I don't know if it was stomach acid or the, the yeah, sea I'd swallowed. It was, yeah, it was bad. But today... We did the five sprints, we did the two lengths, and then at the end, as I'm finishing my second length, I see you blitzing. <laughs> I'm like, this guy, why? <laughs> I wanted to keep my heart rate up, because uh, isn't it like, if you, if you keep your heart rate up, it burns more fat. You want to keep it at the optimum, like, hearts per minute beating, where um, it keeps it. I'm not going to pretend like I know oh. 
Like for me, I tried to, you know what I did? When it came to physical exercise, when I started, I knew nothing. So my, my uh, crutch, my like, education came from our friend. Yeah. Uh, and then, even then, I would just kind of copy what he did. And I saw myself, I'd like, I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's because it's because we were, I started when I was like 16. So from the 16 now we're 21, obviously you're going to get bigger, but yeah. I, I felt myself get stronger. Mm. Uh, and I never questioned the why. I was just like, I go to the gym and I lift heavy weights because mm. my diet's always been good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas I eat a lot of shit. Like our friend, he's always, he, he's always wanted to be bigger, stronger, faster. Like he had that mentality, whereas you, you, you didn't really care. As long as, as long as you had a level of fitness you were satisfied with and you, you were always athletic anyway. Hmm. You, had, you had a very good foundation from the beginning. Like when you said when you were 16, you've always had the foundation. And you just kept slowly building on it and you liked the way you were going. Yeah, but uh, it's funny you mentioned that because the, the first push for me to go enter the gym wasn't my own decision it was a little bit it was because you know we played football as kids mm. and around around that time i was playing for this village team and you know cypriot football you play in one age group and you're playing against people three years older than you so i was 16 playing against 21 year olds yeah. and that and my position requires yeah. physical presence yeah so that's why i went to the gym and i stayed because of the the physical progression mm. that I liked and obviously the mental benefits that came yeah. with that as well. Cause I was, you know, back, I mean, self-esteem before a certain age was an issue for me. And then that helped my self-esteem yeah. cause I got, I got wider, I got bigger, I put on my fucking wedge. Uh, yeah, it was, it was nice. Um, and then, but you know, even, even with that patchy start, as far as the knowledge goes, yeah. The the subsequent I I haven't really looked into the science of it because you know yeah there's a lot of stuff and you hear stuff and it is and and you know with us we've got we've got a couple of friends not just that one friend but we've also got John Harry knows some shit as well uh, Elia kind of studies it so if there's anything like we want we can just ask them and drop them a text and they can be like okay this is what I would recommend for you if you want to do this if you want to achieve this but um yeah my my main issue is is just I need someone. Mm. to do it with. I can't do it by myself I just I get bored and I don't have the motivation yeah, with that guy it was really hard to keep up with him because he was just like strides ahead of me and everything like like I am I must be like easily 10 centimeters taller than him and I'm obviously much heavier than him but he can lift as much as me mm. like when we were doing in the gym like whatever it was legs chest he was stronger than me arms everything he was just he was better I mean everything and, and then in the beginning, I struggled to find the motivation. But then once I sort of found my own, you know, rhythm and stuff, I was like, okay, last week I did X amount. This time I'm going to try and match our friend. Obviously, I never managed to match him because he was just so fucking good. But now I think with us, because we're similar, I think it's much easier to, to sort of, okay, this week we did this together. This week we did that together. I'm progressing this much. He's progressing this much. If I, if I see you doing more than me, then I'm gonna be like I'm slacking, so I need to try and come up to you. We've already got a good competitive yeah. aspect to it, and uh, we we pick we're doing this thing. Well, I I picked up us to do it because we're both technically good at it. You need you need to know how to yeah. swim yeah. to then use that as a as a tool to exercise. Yeah. Um, 
because you know even though we swim at a beach we, you know, it's not shallow waters it's before me is depth um, so you need to be technical technically good at it but you also need an engine yeah. for swimming which we do not have <laughs> close. so we're going to build that yeah. and we've already seen the first massive, massive difference honestly so why why just just this moment the why the, the final four sprints four as well man like I was like okay two let me do my first one and you start next to me yeah, I, w- I was feeling pretty shit about myself in the morning, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to punish myself a bit. That was that was the honest reason behind it. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I didn't even have, like, the break. After the long two sprints, I went straight for it, mm. came back, and then I went with you again and came back. That was horrible. I, I just I just felt like I needed it just to ground myself a bit because I didn't like where, where my headspace was. Yeah, it helps. Did it help? The swimming massively because when when you're swimming, like everything is blocked. Because mm. usually when I when I when I work out or used to work out, I need music. I find that as an excellent tool to either motivate you or to get you where you need to be and stuff. But um, with 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 swimming, it's the complete opposite because it just drowns out everything and it's just you and your thoughts. And and then I think in the beginning I kind of struggled to to get into the zone, but now I don't even think because. In the beginning, I used to be like, okay, I need to get back into it. It's one, two, three, breathe. One, two, three, breathe. Now it's just clockwork. It's it's automatic, and you know, I find myself not even thinking. So you nothing goes through your head like with the technique and stuff no. when you're swimming. No. But that it's not it's not gotten to the mechanical point where you feel as if you're gonna need that extra stimulus that you got from music. I don't think no, I don't think I need it. I think this is a different type of. Well, I say motivation, the music, I said it was motivating, but I think this is more motivating because I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't think I'm asking about the motivating aspect of music, oh. but how you said it helps block the stuff, block your thoughts yeah. out or that. Yeah. Uh, Cause more often than not, when I think it's, it's often bad things. No, but when exercising. Oh, when specifically. exercising. <laughs> Being honest, when I'm exercising or when I, when I was exercising with my friends, you know, the thought was. You know, I'm dying, it's awful, it's horrible, I don't like it, I don't like it, I don't like it. But with with swimming, it's nothing like that. It's just get there. get on with it. Mm. Get to the edge. Yeah, yeah. get to the edge. Like I, it's a, it, I don't know, it's a little bit different to me because I am just, I am still thinking of my, like, technique. Oh. When, when my arms are going and I can feel them get tired, then I'm like, okay, at least, you know, don't flop like a fish. And it really hurts my arms. And then when I can... Because I keep telling you to kick more, I'm yeah. very self-conscious of my own kicking. So I'm like, don't stop the kicking, even though my legs are on fire. I mean, I know my form isn't the greatest anyway, but... I think it's good. I mean, well, obviously I can't see myself. Your form is fucking really good. Like, every stroke you do is the same. It's, it's even at, even at the end, la- end, end times. Yeah. The last ones. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I yeah. feel so bad. Always the first sprint, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm Michael Phelps. Um, I got this, and then and then by the last, by the the when we're halfway through the first long length, See, that's I weird. disintegrate. That's weird for me because the first sprint for me, I'm doing well. I get halfway, then my my arms just get really tired out of nowhere, and then I'm like, okay, block it out, just keep going, and then that sort of pain or numbness just goes away, and it's just I keep going, I keep going, and I push harder and harder. Mm. That was weird. What about the lungs? Because the the breathing, whoa. Like the, you know, it's it's bubble, bubble, breathe, or how you said, one, yeah. two, breathe. Yeah. Uh, do you breathe out 
then do you think that helps? Like when you, when, sometimes when I, you know, when you look out to take the breath in, I'm still exhaling. So I'm like, and I, I feel like I, I'm not maximizing oh, that time. I like get what my you My lungs mean. just scream. So sometimes, sometimes when I, when I get the breath, I don't get, I don't get enough. And if I'm bringing my hand over, some water gets in my mouth and that's fucking awful and you kind of swallow stuff. Yeah. But then when I mean I exhale from my nose, in through the mouth and then just out through the nose, in through the mouth, out through the nose. I think that's really good because it must work your core somehow if you're breathing in deep and you're breathing out. Well, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned the core because even though I'm not as well versed in general exercise now, then say uh, the PT you were training with oh, yeah. at Temple or you know our friend or Harry or Elia yeah. um, I do I do you know listen to some things we, we, we follow people online yeah. and we learn and one one thing that I found especially interesting is you know the sport of weightlifting Olympic weightlifting yeah. what they do in CrossFit like snatches and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all those movements yeah. every single one of those if you do them properly works your core huh and swimming is one of those, or just walking, just walking, if you walk properly, like with a good posture, you have to, by definition, activate your core. Interesting, I didn't know that about the walking. Um, but I know swimming is a thing, because if you see like, like any swimmer, like an Olympic swimmer, hmm. obviously if they've got a massive back, hmm. like a fucking V, like just disgusting, and then they, they clean, you got, like, there's sometimes eight, yeah i mean i don't don't know my brother he was he was like uh he was very good i think he was he swam for 13 years he obviously went to the pan cypriots and when there was a photo that came up on facebook i think a couple couple months ago and we were at the beach and it was just him in his speedos which by the way i do not condone wearing speed no no person should ever wear speedos no no matter how ripped you are just just don't um, but Why? I saw him, it's just, it's, it's not, no one should wear a banana hammock. It's just, it's just a no, <laughs> it's a massive no for me. It's a massive, you know what, actually no, you, you do what, you do you, yeah. but just not in front of me. Okay. Because I just can't, I don't know, because I find myself just looking at it. <laughs> you know, unintentionally, I just, uh, anyway, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so I, <laughs> I, I saw a picture of my brother shredded, like, and he's, yeah, he looked really good. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the massive back uh, and the walking thing. So the thing with the walking, the reason it it it, uh, it works your core is you, lower back issues. They can come from your core not being done properly. So if your core is tight in general, in like a, in like a good sense of the word, then that tilts your lower back into a stable position. So if your core is like relaxed, and so your back sort of pops out, as you can see, like I'm doing it in front of Aaron. Uh, and then, so that's like one thing that the core does with walking. So you, if you f- fix your core, you're, you're sort of, you're keeping your spine in a good in a good spot because these are the muscles Interesting. keeping your spine. Yeah. There's a, I'll, you know, I'll give you that fucking book one day. He wears Speedos. But you know that's that's another that's another debate. I said that you know you do you. It's, it's wrong. It's wrong for me to, to say no. Don't wear nah, it. No, I mean I'm not gonna wear speedos because my legs. No, it's not. It's the legs are the problem. It's, it's, it's the, what's on the legs. I don't care. You can be the hairless, most hairless person in the world. If you wear speedos, it's still gonna be wrong to me. 
Mm. It's just, it's, I don't know, it's just wrong. Anyway, the massive back thing. The first or the first couple of days, my back's bit in bits. Because I feel like, you know, when we, we swim freestyle and we go swimming, doing this action. So it's like, so I'm doing the normal downward freestyle action. In the gym, there's an exercise if you do, if you did back with, with our friends, like you would have probably done this. You grab, yeah, and you pull down. It's exactly the same. So when you say that doesn't, doesn't get your back. Um, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I don't get stiff as much. Mm. Um, even when you were doing CrossFit cycle. Oh no, 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 no. That, yeah. I'd be dead. I'd be dead. That, that was bad. Um, but the swimming, I don't know. Maybe I'm not working myself hard enough. Maybe I'm the bad technique. No, 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 I don't think it's that. But, um, what I, what I find really interesting is when we do breaststroke, because the action of of and then round that you bring your you bring your arms back yeah you're not supposed to well I do it because it feels good yeah yeah the it push is, good, is yeah. nice mm. yeah maybe that's why you speed away maybe yeah because I do the whole like you do the whole shebang yeah swimming's good we, I heavily recommend it mm. if you can swim. <laughs> if you can't swim, don't swim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not going to be good for you. What What do you think of... So I'm going to like... I feel like I'm going to... And I want to sort of ask you your opinion on certain things. Okay. So what do you think in general? Like I say the word assumption. Uh-huh. What comes to your first thing? Um, assumption is what people think. Like maybe first impression. What, what, what do you think of... You know those assumptions that come from what what people our age or younger would nowadays call judginess, because judginess is derived from people's assumptions. Yeah, but there's a negative connotation to to being you know to judging. I think assumptions doesn't necessarily mean in a bad way that you can have assumptions that are good and you can have assumptions that are bad. But if you're judging, it's most likely going to be towards the negative end. We we were we were talking the last the last podcast we were talking about the best self. Do you remember that mm. that discussion? We were like, "What is the best self?" And I I took point and I was like, um, "I asked, well, do do you guys agree that every everybody, all seven billion people, should try are obligated at least to be their best self?" And we went into a whole fucking rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, now I remember, now I remember, yeah. Yeah, and that was, and you know, one thing you said that I, when I was listening back to it was, you know, I'm making a lot of ifs and buts and, and these things. When do you think assumptions, because an if and a but is an assumption. Yeah. Uh, in what instance do you think, you know, we sh- you should separate a conversation from an assumption and then like a, a more straightforward interaction I don't know because I mean you can very easily intertwine them right yeah you can have a conversation with assumptions in it yeah but like if I'm putting if you're we're putting forward a point right we were talking about you know we talk about all sorts of social issues yeah and then in most say the viewpoint that we subscribe to whether it's um on opposite ends of a spectrum, we say this is going to work because of these reasons, hmm. and the positive effects are going to be subs- yeah. subsequently list them. 
but you make an assumption. There's always an assumption in a theory and science as well. There's yeah. always an assumption. Yeah. But then, you know, my assumption is my opinion. It doesn't mean it's fact. Yeah. And likewise with you. Like you said we can have two different assumptions or opinions. doesn't mean I'm going to hate you or like you any more or less because of your assumption if it differs to mine. So why, why is there... So you can see that. So you can recognize that. Do you think that's one of the reasons why people can't have conversations anymore? They, ref- they can't see when somebody's making an assumption. Right. I think my it's not an issue it's just people nowadays they think their opinion is fact when sometimes it isn't Mm. like you can have there's opinions and then there's facts you can have an opinion based on facts but an opinion and facts are two very different things I think people just misconstrued them as the same thing I think once once people find you know once people find out themselves that one is different from the other then we can start having conversations and another thing is is if if my opinion and your opinion are different, that doesn't matter. Mm. It's not the end of the world. Mm. Like for example, you can be a Republican and I can be a Democrat. We can still be friends, even though I don't I, I don't know if that's true or not. Mm. You can be you can be religious. I can be an atheist. We can still be friends. You know, doesn't doesn't just because you believe in something or or you you stand by anything. It could be it could be from it could be. You like chocolate ice cream, I like vanilla, and then you're adamant, no, chocolate ice cream is better. And I'm like, that's fine, I just like vanilla. But we're friends. Yeah. So what about what about the idea that, you know, you meet someone through, like me and you go out and I bring a mutual, mutual yeah. mate along. And, you know, you're, we're having a conversation, all three of us, and that person puts forward an opinion that you disagree with. Yeah. And, and a discussion ensues. Let's say, and now we're making an assumption, that let's say it remains... Uh, it remains respectful. A yeah. respectful, decent conversation takes place. It's respectful, that's fine. But that, do you think that then that has an impact on whether or not you could be friends with this stranger down the road? If it's if it's a respectful thing, then no, I don't care. I don't know. And if this person brings on valid views that I had never thought of, I'd be like, oh sh- shit, no, person's right. It might it might even change the way I I think about that specific subject. It might also you know push me over the fence and be like, okay, actually, but I actually think like you. Hmm. Or it might not. What do you think of, uh, I saw a, a video recently where the, um, the person who made it put forward this idea that the older you get, the harder it is to make friends. I think it is much easier to make friends when you're, when you're kids because like we're stupid when we're kids. So like, no, it's true. We're much dumber. When I was like twelve, I was a fucking idiot. Are we dumb or are we simple? We're simple and naive. So so if if I go to a girl and pull her hair, it's playful. It's just, I don't mean anything by it. But if I do it as a twenty one year old and I pull someone's hair, whether it be a man or a woman, they're not gonna like me. Hmm. They probably might never like me again because like, what's she doing? He's a weirdo. Right. It's it's the it's the thing that you know when you're a kid, action doesn't mean. Like what you do doesn't really mean what what it means. Okay, interesting. Because it, it it's you're a kid. You don't you, you don't even know yourself. Right. I'm pulling that girl's hair. Why do I do it? Is it because I actually like her? Mm-hmm. You know. But as as an adult and you've got your own views and your own beliefs, it's it's difficult to find someone who has the exact same belief or similar beliefs. And now, people are sort of scared 
to say that. I think you've got like two types of people. You've got someone who's very extreme and, and, and voices their beliefs and you've got someone who... You have to tease it out. Yeah. And you've got to find someone in that bubble. Sometimes, do you, actually, it's a good question. Do you think two people who are on opposite spectrum can have a relationship? You know how they say opposites attract? Right. Do you think this would be the same case? So we're using this example yeah. of, of somebody who's expressive yeah. and somebody who's... Yeah. Because if you look in our friend group, we, we're kind of a mix. Yeah. You say. Who's not expressive? The unnamed one. He's not expressive yeah, he at all. Yeah, he doesn't talk about anything. He doesn't talk about anything personal. But if he's fucking about, no, yeah. yeah, if he's fucking about, he's expressive. He's loud, mm. and and if he, if I mean he's he's up for a good debate. Let's take George. Okay, George is also what you described. Him and the unnamed one are similar in that aspect. Yeah, expressive in certain instances, yeah. and when it comes to personal issues, well, they're a bit different. But mm. let's say George, like we are of the opinion that he oversimplifies it. Um, you could say that, but but back to the, I think that George is more expressive pers- for personal stuff. Mm, okay. Like if something is going on, he'd be like, you know, it might not be to everyone, but it might be to certain people. He'd be like, you know, I'm not feeling this way. It could even be to his girlfriend. That's true. You know. Um, All right. So let, well, 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 okay. So let me let me think about this. We have somebody who is expressive and somebody who is uh, quite quiet. How? How do how do those how do those two characters even begin to enter a relationship? Though? That's 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 something you kind of have to break down before you say if they can stay in one. It it could because be. How about how about this idea that if you don't express yourself, that kind of lends you to being a better listener. Do you think that makes sense? Somebody who's yeah. quiet yeah, listens. Yeah. Okay, I get that. But then doesn't that, doesn't that, going back to the context of, of the relationship, the only way I can really see it is if two people are friends from a young age, mm-hmm. you know, they're kids and everything, they meet and then, and then through, I don't know, let's say a decade, they become very good friends. And so one has matured and has become very loud and you know, bubbly and whatever. The other one's more subdued, mm-hmm. but is still a good person and they meet. That could be potential friendship, right? Mm-hmm. But now, would you say that the bubbly person is taking advantage of the more subdued person? In what way would they in, be taking advantage? In the way that, let's say, let's say you go out. Right. I don't know, the pub for a drink. Mm-hmm. You're talking, you're meeting new people, and the bubbly person's just buying into everything everyone's saying, and then the person, because of that relationship for God knows how long, just accepts it. And then all night, that person's just there sitting, drinking, he gets a word in or two here and there but then all the attention is on that person mm. because of that how that relationship was built that's how the, they both work mm. but then maybe it's not being fair to the quiet person yeah would you say that's a healthy relationship what do I, they're friends in this case yeah, yeah that's true yeah. Yeah. if they're friends in this case well, I mean, even, even if they weren't friends I mean if you're in a relationship and this happens to be to to be in a relationship, you know, we we said this the other day. There has to be some some uh, communication channel already established that you both use. Because to be in a relationship, you've spoken to each other and you've yeah. come to terms with each other's feelings, and that that 
that's a big thing for say somebody who would be in the quiet bubble to do uh, and especially you know even are we assuming also that the the louder person is less receptive in general I mean, you can put that in there this is all an assumption this is all hypothetical uh, I think okay I think um, it depends in that example you used you right. mentioned a 10 year long uh-huh. they've known each other so you know you know someone for 10 years yeah. you know them uh-huh. quite well so that that shouldn't really be you should know by then you know if 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 somebody if let's th- actually let's take our group let's let's use me i was always never a fan or I was never as vocal in my enjoyment of us going out than George or, you know, the other one. Uh, And especially before year five, uh, there'd be this joke tied around me rightly that I would go, we would go out and I would sit there. But that's, that's not, I don't think that's your fault. I think that's my fault. I think that was my fault for, okay, let's say... I never really said, you know, directly, you know, I don't enjoy doing this. Yeah. Maybe I said it indirectly. Yeah. Uh, so that's on me. Mm-hmm. And then what's also on me is I, it would go and I wouldn't then adapt. So if I go. Okay, I see what you're, I would, see what you're coming from. We that's would have, we, you, guys, you guys, I remember there was, it was you and another, the other one who would say, uh, you know, even if you don't enjoy the idea before now that you're here you might as well look at the positive sides of this situation it's like you're here with your mates like enjoy the, yeah. the environment uh and then slowly slowly i sort of come around to that so in a relationship for it to last even if you're opposites initially there's always going to be some form of compromise there's yeah. always compromise if if one or the other refuses to compromise, you don't have to compromise on everything. Yeah. But there's some things you need to know when. Yeah. You need to pick your spot. If you don't, then that's one example of relationships breaking down. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be breaking down. It would be like you finally like coming into yourself and being who you were from the beginning. It doesn't, there's no indication of change or evolution or maturity. Because if we were all, if we were all the same, if you were the same person you were when you were before grade five, and mm-hmm. you said you were, you know, you're a bit more close, and when you go out, you'd, you'd sit and, if you'd still be doing that, that doesn't that doesn't show like maturity, evolution, mm. change. But if I could communicate that, it would. Yeah. And if you if you guys accepted it and you were still my friends, you would also be compromised. Yeah. Obviously. So that is. So actually, I'm disagreeing with you because you're saying there's no growth, but there is. There's growth on my part. Now I see what you're saying. There's there's growth on my part for saying it to you and there's growth on your part for accepting it and not letting it ruin this relationship. So either way, there's growth because if you're going to compromise... Yeah, that's what I'm saying to answer to your question. If you're you're at opposite ends, if you initially come together, there's there's already a link. Mm -hmm. For that... For that relationship to remain, you know, to stand the test of time, that one bridge has to either expand or you make other bridges yeah. to strengthen, like uh, fucking chemical bonds. Okay, you're losing me. Yeah, <laughs> just gonna 
Like I'm gonna agree, but yeah. I get I get what you're coming yeah, you from. Get I get where you're coming from. from. So I think so there's there's always if there is no growth, it doesn't matter even if, if you're cut from the same cloth, if there's no growth from one party, there will inevitably be from the other. Yeah. And then you're gonna still have breakdown. Yeah. But if if there's no growth from both, then maybe maybe you could say, well that relationship will stand the test of time as far as the relationship goes, but, you know, society and the world doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't stand way. still. Yeah. doesn't work that way. Yeah. So you, you just both crash and burn together, which uh, maybe there's, there's a tragic beauty to that. I don't know. I mean, it could be beneficial. It could be, you know, what's beneficial. Cause if going to the pits, no, no, no. So if I'm going to take your example of, Two people never change and it ends in catastrophe, as in they break up because they haven't changed. Neither right, one of them. Right. If it comes to the point where it comes unstable and they both sort of break up, mm-hmm. then they can take some time to reflect and be okay, I didn't like the person I was to, to that person, so I'm not going to do it again. So that would also lead to some sort of growth. But, would but it not? yeah, it would. It would. It go beneficial. Yes, yes, but the. Because the initial, the initial query was whether it would last. Yeah. So then it wouldn't yeah. last. It would last. And then you know anything that ends. I think Jordan Peterson was saying in this podcast, he said something. He mentioned how. You know, if something tragic happens, you're going to grow from it, in the sense that you're going to learn something from it. Because uh, bad things are painful, and learning things by design is painful because if you learn something, you admit you're wrong in the first place. This is what he said. And then he he went on to say, personal development uh, um, is like a graph that goes down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. And you have to, and then if that is everybody's personal development, because it is, everybody goes through ups and downs. It's like a staple statement. How, how you view those ups and downs sort of uh, shapes your thinking. Yeah. But that, that struck a chord with me because he's, he went on to then make the point, which I really agreed with. That he said, the best way is to accept that we're going to go, you're going to go through the ups and downs. Yeah. So you're going to, so you don't think. Life is a fucking rainbow. Don't, yeah, don't, be, if you think only on the pits, you're going to become nihilistic. So you're going to think everybody, everything's shit. And likewise, if you think everything's sunshine and rainbows. You're just, yeah. yeah. You're just going to f- crash and burn by yourself. Uh, and and uh, our experiences come from when you, when you go down, when, you, when you're on the downward and you're learning something, you have to accept that that previous part of you died and you're something else now. That was really interesting. Plus, also, if you think about it, if you live, if you live life and say life was was on a graph mm-hmm. and it's a straight line, and let's say you have you living a good life, so it's kind of going up. Right. If it's going up and up and up and up, you're never going to appreciate anything. Yeah. Yeah. So you need the the lows in order to to really appreciate. This is this is something he said in another podcast. The same uh, he said, I think it was in the Joe Rogan one. He said that. If, if you somehow, somehow 
managed to create a, a utopia for humans so there's no issues yeah we would inherently self-destruct <laughs> so that we could then i think i remember this, yeah. yeah and i was like that's fucking right he's, he's right and he, he takes he took the notion of you enjoy the highs because of the lows because and applied it to yeah. all of humanity yeah there's there's another thing he said i can't remember which podcast it was and it really got to me and it's it it was something like in order to, to to succeed, you need to be a monster. Okay. I don't know if you've seen it. So no, no, yeah. So it's like you need to teach yourself to be first a monster, and then you've got to be okay. I'm gonna be nice to people. I'm gonna be kind. I'm gonna be. But first, you need to be a monster. You need to be ruthless. You need to you need to get what you want to get because you want it more than everyone else, and you're gonna get it because you're a monster. He does. He does. He does follow that that pattern where he speaks about being uh, single-minded and uh, I guess obsessed with one thing. So to provide, I think he phrased it in another way that I prefer. Um, Have you heard him, have you heard him speak about responsibility? So uh, maybe if you say, so he'd say, you know, one of, at least for men, uh, well, for anybody who's struggling, if you if you feel like you can't do anything and you assume a responsibility. So he used an example of, let's go back to primitive times. Uh, you're just, you're, you're a human being standing in the middle of a field and you're not fucking doing anything and you're miserable. If you go, if that human goes, he said, and picks up a, a large rock and carries it 10 meters and he puts the rock down, then he will immediately feel or know in his brain that he's not useless because he was able to carry out a task. He assumed the responsibility of nobody can tell him, you know, you're useless because he can say, well, I can at least pick up a rock and carry it for 10 meters. I don't think I've heard this, but it's really, so it's really it struck with yeah. me. And he, he, said, he said in that interview that when he mentions this in his lectures, everybody's eyes light up and Mm. they did for me as well because that makes a lot of sense if you assume a responsibility and then however small however however small you have something it gives your life meaning that's what he said he said the meaning meaning comes from assuming responsibility for something and carrying it out there's another thing he said sorry there's another thing he said about meaning and it says meaning needs justification I don't know if it was that podcast. It was probably it's probably similar. That one got to me, and it says if if you're if you I can't remember how you said it exactly, but if if the sacrifice for something is is large, then then the meaning for it is even greater. Hmm. That makes sense. It does make sense, and it's a bit tragic if you think about it. Yeah, and he he talks. Uh, yeah, you know, you're right. It's uh, it, it's a bit it's a bit hard. It's not nice to think about it. We've, we've spoken about this because, like, does that mean that, you know, for us to be great as humans, we need to go through fucking tragedy? I mean, most success stories, you know, start with a tragedy. Yeah. Even in the comics, even in real life, it always starts with, with the main character, the, the protagonist, going through some sort of, of, of trauma. Mm. And, and it's that that builds that person up to... to to get where he wants to go, where he needs to be, even. Mm. 
So what do you? So it was funny when I was watching him interact with like Russell Brand. Yeah, I need to watch that one. So uh, good one. What, what do you think? We, like out of all the, <laughs> you know, out of all the people that we listen to, you never really mentioned Russell Brand. I don't mention. I don't him. listen to him either. I don't, but I see clips here and there where he just like humiliates people because okay. he gives this he gives this like aura off of you know he was the best shagger in God knows when he had a drug problem he had this he had that obviously he dressed ridiculously his hair was fucking disgusting back in two thousands it was really bad and obviously the accent okay. it doesn't sound like an like an educated person who can have like profound thoughts and conversations and debates. Mm-hmm. But there's some clips that I see where he humiliates people. I think he was... I don't, I don't actually know. Wait, that's it, what you currently think, thought of him yeah, as? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not like... He's not like... He... he, he he's you, rebranded himself. He has. Yeah. He has. But that's that's recently as well. I think... I may have listened to him talk about... Um, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. Mm. I think I listened to that. And that was... I don't know how long ago that was. But he was talking about um, uh, meditation. Yeah, spirituality. And spirituality. He's big on that. Yeah, and he said that he can, he can, the high he used to get from the drugs, he can now get it through meditation and spirituality. Mm. I don't really believe that. If he can do it, good for him. That's fine. But um, I think the way he articulates himself on some things, I, I do agree with. Politics is one thing I, I agree with him on. He's, I don't think he's an anarchist, but he doesn't really believe in government. He's communist so, right. so communism is communism in its purest form in its theoretical at least to my understanding is that uh, there is no there is no government and people share what they have yeah. so the sustenance comes from the sharing of resources without the central need huh. of a government okay then maybe of maybe, a governing figure maybe I understood it differently anarchism but, is Chaos. Yeah, fuck the government. It, it, it's it's burn the government to the ground, and it's ba- essentially promotes a free for all. Yeah. And why that's so attractive to some people, I think, is because, obviously, the, a lot of people think the idea the ideas of governments are unpleasant. Like the the government is an unpleasant entity in their life, and of course, with some real good reasons for that. Uh, where well, anarchism lends itself to chaos is the most often used rebuttal against it because you know forget forget it as an ideology the word itself is a synonym for chaos yeah uh, communism is everybody shares and there's no government and socialism is essentially communism but with a government right is is marxism marxism Marx, communism marxism is communism and, I think and Lenin Lenin was Lenin tried to implement communism right. with the revolution that's it that, that's do you it. remember I don't really remember though. I don't we, remember we looked it. at this yeah yeah and they, back in it didn't really work no but they got a statue out of it so he's Gucci <laughs> oh yeah he, well, he's, his body is still you can go see it it's still there I think okay this is really you know you know um Fuck was his name? He, his name is in his name is in a song. Rasputin. That's the one. No man. Do you know how big his cock was? 
Now how big his cock was. I don't want to know because why do you remind me of Red? That guy's face creeps me out to Yeah, but do you know how big his cock is? I don't care. Why do you know? Because how big apparently his cock is? it's in the museum. Huh? Apparently it's in the museum. Which museum? I, don't know. I know there's a museum of cocks. I don't think he's in that one, but he was. So he was an infamous lover. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. His cock was 13 inches <laughs> erect. <laughs> 13 inches. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to question your source. I'm going to have to ask My source, source is TikTok. So it's genuinely, it's come up a number of times though. It just says like he had the massive cock, and apparently his cock's in a museum somewhere. Oh. Apparently, people tried to kill him shit ton of times. He was poisoned in a milkshake, apparently, and he survived. I don't think he was shot a couple of times. He was he survived. He was. Who was it? He was. So, like, if I remember our history lessons, he was the advisor to the king. Yeah, wasn't it the Tsar? The Tsar. Yeah. Uh, and but he did something dodgy with one of the wives no? yeah he it was well he fucked around a lot he he was a monk self-proclaimed I think some kind of you know he wore his attire yeah yeah it was yeah. like the classic yeah, yeah. Fam, I feel I feel some creepiness behind this motherfucker is creepy I'm sorry yeah, this guy's is face yeah, yeah. is fucking creepy uh, uh, yeah there was Back then, and even in the history books, it was mentioned that it was possible that he he, he was having an affair with yeah. the Tsar's wife. And that's what the Tsar got him killed, though, right? I don't know if it was the Tsar that got him killed. I think it was the, the revolutionaries, but I have I have no idea. I haven't got a fucking clue. I wouldn't be surprised if both parties tried to have him assassinated. The, the revolutionaries and people within the palace, the royal palace. I don't know how he managed to snake his way into like the royal family and how he he went as uh, an advisor, and now I, yes now I remember he was whispering things something and, something yeah, hypnotism yeah and then he, he sort of caused indirectly the revolution because of how he how the Tsar was leading the country when really the Tsar was, was his puppet yeah that's how the history book yeah. made it yeah God, the Mad. but yeah sorry where were we. Well, now I'm. Well, you were talking about a body in a museum, then I just went to a cocky museum. Yeah, uh, let's let's go to museums in general. Okay. Um, museums in general are sick. Well, it depends on the museum. If you go to the ones in Cyprus, it's not that good. But I went to the Natural History Museum in London. That's amazing. I've been and there. and uh, the one that's right next to it, the Science Museum. Yeah. Yes. The museum. The natural there's, there's, history. It's natural history. Natural history, but. And then science, science. something yeah, science. science, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah science, science, yeah, <laughs> yeah science. I, and those are free to go, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. you give Dang a donation it, because you because come on, fucking um, dinosaurs. I mean, I didn't give a donation, but I just went in, and my parents were like, yeah. "We went." I went with George and his girlfriend. We were we were in England like two three years ago. Obviously, he went to see his girlfriend, and then we met in London, and then we went to Winter Wonderland in Hyde Park. Okay. That was later. That was no, it's good, man. I fucking, yeah. it's, uh, it really is Christmassy. Fucking really is. Yeah, they, because, go, they go a little bit overboard. Do they? Nah, it's, it's classic I don't, Christmas. I don't think so. Well, because if I'm comparing it to, to, to Cyprus where, you know, people go swimming in December because it's like still 25 degrees, it's nice to go to the other sort of end of the spectrum where it's freezing, you've got snow, you've got the rise, you've got the warm 
you can't, beer you can't, and ale. It's, you can't it's, criticize it's, the swimming when we swim in less less yeah, prime it's not, it's prime conditions. It's not Christmas. It is the thirteenth of February, Valentine's Day tomorrow. What do you? What are your opinions on it in general? Um, are you, have you got any experiences with it? Valentine's Day. Not really. Aside from when we were in school, we used to, you know, write someone's name down and be like, "Can you send them a rose because I like them." Oh uh, no! Remember no, no. That? We, we I remember writing down someone's name. And the year sixes of the time would go around yeah. and serenade them. Oh, yeah, there was that. And then you could choose. You could choose to either be like, I want a flower, song, yeah. or something else. But I'm like, no, don't little, sing to little, them. Little kid. Sings like five No, but we would, we, you would sing, you would make them go and sing to like one of your mates, not to the person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about, yeah. And, you know, the... the the year six guys did would we be more than do, happy to. Did we ever do that to someone? I don't think we, we were not in charge of Valentine's Day. No, I mean, did I pay for someone to sing to you? Like, I don't know. I, I never did. got that, thankfully. No, I don't maybe think, I did. I don't think I did to anyone. I think George did to someone. Yeah, well, probably. But yeah, I mean, the notion of Valentine's Day, it's, it's cool. I mean, if you're in a proper relationship, it's nice to have, like, like one day where you can just be like, okay, it's all about you, it's all about us, it's a nice quiet evening. And if you go out somewhere because that day is specifically designated for romance, the, the restaurant or whatever is going to sort of put or attempt to make the atmosphere a bit more lovey-dovey. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Somebody, somebody the, the harsh critics of it that use the line of thinking of, well, why do I need, you know, a day to tell me how much I love my partner? Well, fine. If your relationship is that fucking good, then fine. I'm not I think, telling you. I think, I think what you said, what you described is, is quite a healthy way to think about it. Yeah. It's like a, it's an extra, it's yeah. an extra thing. And if you do really love someone that much, then why not just go the extra step Ooh. for one day? That's a good way of thinking about it. Because yeah. I was... I was kind of leaning more towards the, you don't really need a day to tell your partner. You don't need a day, but it's just nice. If, if there's one day dis- designated for it, you're going to want to go a bit above and beyond. Mm. If, you, if you actually like the person. If you don't, you know, get them chocolates. Have you heard of the five love language thing? Uh-uh. Uh, I found, I've heard of this and I think it's quite interesting. Not that I've ever delved into it myself, but apparently... Every, most humans, obviously, there are exceptions, fit into five different categories of, of how you act in a relationship. So, mm-hmm. like, there's, and I only know two of the categories, I think. One of them is, is you're the type of person that loves uh, the materialistic side of it. Not in a bad way, but you like it when your partner gives you gifts and stuff. The other part of it is the receptive kind. So you're, you like... Being serenaded. No, you like it when, for an example, you come home after a long day of work and you, you tell your partner, I had this problem, da, da, da. And then maybe just an offhand comment and then you settle down for the night, blah, blah, days pass. And then a couple of days later, your partner, unprompted, comes to you and says, oh, what about this problem? Is that Okay. 
So that means that they listened to you and oh. received it and then they, they shot it back at you. And a lot of people essentially stake. It's like the, one of the most important things for yeah. them. And then there's like three others that I don't know. I, I think that should be like a staple, um, you know, element in any relationship. It, it is, and it should be, and I agree with you, but I think it's, it's different people place different value on okay. different things. Oh, yeah, so okay. let's say, take yourself for example, yeah. because we don't know them. What do you think, if you were to, if you were to think, what are the key pillars of a relationship to your relationship that would make yours work, that you need, not that you would give, uh, but that you would need, what do you reckon they could be? Huh. And if I ever find something that classifies... So if we're things, talking about someone who I want to settle down with, like, like the one, I don't want like a one-off. Yeah. I'm not talking about how a relationship now in my 20s. Relationship now in my 20s isn't going to be the same as when I've eventually settled down, I've got a job and... I'm going to come back to this, but yeah, let's, let's okay. talk about the, the settling down. Okay. I think, I think the biggest thing for me is I need someone who, who, who will motivate me. Who will sort of drag me up when I'm down and, and give me some, if needed, tell me things I don't really you know, want to hear but need to. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the truth has got to be up there, and just yeah, just be honest with me and just so motivate. motivation. Yeah, and it's obviously going to be a two-way thing. I ain't going to take all the praise. I'm obviously going to give it back. I so think. What do you think me, you would bring? What I would bring, um, a good dicking. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Self-esteem, right there. What do you mean, no, 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 back yourself. No, if I'm, being, if I'm being honest, what I could offer in a good relationship is, uh, I think I'm overly loving. Okay, and, so and you would, you, you would, somebody who's, uh, I think they're called love languages, is somebody who really likes the affection. Yeah, but Some I'll, people I'd don't. give it. Yeah, exactly, so they would like it, so you'd be a good match. Right, okay, and I see what you're yeah. I think, I think I'd be that person that, I might go above and beyond unnecessarily, but I'd, I'd want to show my affection and I want to, I mean, not serenade them, but just shower them with gifts if I have the money, not just gifts, the experiences, mm. stuff like that, I think. But it's also a bad thing, because in the past I've been taken advantage of because of my, that element of me. So I need to maybe... That, that's, that's not, but that, I mean, we're talking now, you said yourself, talking about a, a relationship yeah. and you want to settle down yeah. with this okay. person. Then, yeah. I'm going to stick with that But, in the process of finding out, you know, what type of person you've entered the relationship with, even, even in those early stages, would you, would you think you would let that part of you, would you act on that part of you? Well, it's difficult with me because if I'm going to get into any sort of relationship with anyone, I need to know them first. There needs to be some sort of connection. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to go willy-nilly dicking every single person out there. It's for me, there's, there needs to be some element or some, 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 even the slightest sort of connection for me to be like, okay, this person is cool. I can have a decent conversation. You know, obviously they look pretty to me. Mm-hmm. And then, then from there, I can slowly be like, okay, I'm going to, slowly show who I am and how I how I act in a relationship. Well, what about you? Kind of a 
Love it, you. Don't. Uh, I think there's one of the five that uh, one of the five is that you're the other five. All you're all of them at the same time. Oh. Uh, okay. But I don't know. I don't think I'm the. If you want gifts from me. Um, Tell me what you want. <laughs> no, I will get something good for you. I I I think I'm good at getting gifts for people. I think at least I think I'm good at getting gifts for you lot. Not that I've had practice getting gifts for a significant other. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. I, this this I'll tell you a, a a pet peeve. If you're the type of person who says something but means something else, yeah, that's jarring. I hate that. Yeah, that's jarring. I despise it. And sure. But I've got, I've, I kind of was in a relationship a bit like that. Hmm. It's a good defense mechanism. Just act stupid. <laughs> so if they say something, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Even though they're meaning something else. Just do it on purpose just to piss them off. And then at one point they'll be like, no, that's not what I meant. I'm like, do you know? Oh, why don't you fucking tell me in the first place? And that's, that's how you get around. Do you know what the problem is though? Uh, We've said this before, but we and we've said it today. We're big believers in communication. Yeah. So if if the person, if our partner says something, then you want to treat it with the with the with the respect it deserves, yeah. with the earnesty it deserves. You say something to me, and I'll take it on board. At least that's the type of person I think I am. In general, you say something to me, you know, I, I try to listen and take things on so that I can use them further down the line to, to your benefit. Yeah. If now you're chatting shit to me, then if I then move on, let's say down the line, and I act on that thing you said, my effort is now being wasted on a, on on something baseless. Yeah, and that ticks me off. Well, if we're being honest, you're not gonna you're not gonna get into a, like a meaningful relationship with someone with that trait. Let's be honest. But you don't know though, because it's hidden. Guys do this as well. You will say something. Possibly misleading, no, not possibly, definitely misleading in the hopes that your partner will pick up on the disingenuous aspect of it and, and then call you out on it. Okay. So, like, before, testing people, okay. testing your partner. That's, okay, before we, we continue, because I sometimes might do this, but I might do this in a humorous way, in an mm. ironic way, sarcasm. We're talking. We're talking different from that, right? Your sarcasm is obvious, though. Okay. Yeah, that's it's okay. di- Yeah, we're okay. talking different. We're talking, we're talking different. This this right comes right. from a plan. Look, it, it can come from two things, but I think when it's done maliciously, it comes from a place okay. of insecurity. I, I think yeah, yeah. Ins- I was about to say insecure. I get so so like you're saying that you might be testing your partner just to see like what they're gonna do. Yeah. Just because. In some relationships, they've got these stupid fucking mind games. I don't, I don't. That's I really it. Don't, I don't. Yeah, mind I, games. I really don't get you trying to get under the skin of someone who you must like them in some aspect. If you're going to spend God knows how long with them, God knows how many hours in a day with them, but why, why play these games? I, I don't get it. Mm. It's just it's a waste of time. I, I'm, and a, I'm, I'm going to try to play devil's advocate. Why play these games? Well, let's say it, it keeps the relationship fresh and different. Uh, so, so one you, of the you pissing me off is fresh and different. Well, you know, let's say we're in a stag- in a relationship that's stagnating. Okay. So to change things up, you know, I'm gonna provoke you a little bit, push, see, push you, push you, see how far I can take it. I don't get that. If something, if if we're in a bad spot, mm. your answer to fixing it is pissing me off. <laughs> well, 
I'm just I'm trying to play. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, fine. Okay. That's I'm trying. I'm, if I piss you off, it means that my opinion, your opinion of what I say matters. Therefore, we're still, you know, you still care about me in some roundabout way. No, the only the only reason I I'd, I'd say it could work is because if we know each other, you know exactly what pisses me off, so you know exactly what to say just to get me to that point. So that means we know each other. Mm-hmm. But then, if you know it's gonna piss me off, why 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 do it? If if you're in a stagnant relationship, there's so many things you can do. Just don't piss me off. Don't play my games. If you if there's something wrong, like we said, communication is key. Mm-hmm. If you want to spice things up in a bedroom, spice things up in the bedroom. If you want to go, I don't know, on more weekend trips, go on more weekend trips. If if nothing is working, then the problem is us. It's just gone. It happens. It just happens. And you need a break, you have a break. You could get back together, you don't know. You might not. Could but you? mind games is never the answer. I promise you. It just isn't. What do you think... Um... You, you're a good communicator, at least with me, at least with, uh, with us in our friend group. Yeah. You articulate how you feel very well. In your previous relationships and going forward, first of all, pre- previously and also how you are now, you think you would be a good communicator if you were in a relationship. Yeah. yeah. So what if your opposite is not as good? Okay. It's not their strongest suit, but they're still obviously a good person because you're yeah. with them. It's it's something that if I if I care about them, then it'll be something we work on, hmm. and it'll be something that if 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 that person wants to, if if that person wants to help her and wants to communicate, I'll help her. Hmm. Likewise, if I need something, she's going to be helping me. I mean, yeah, you already said like yeah, so that's the kind of relationship I want. Yeah. If she doesn't, I'm not going to push her. It might be jarring to me. But then I'm guessing that we'll sort of find our own ways to communicate that might, might you know, supersede the conventional means of, you know, what do you want today? Mm. And then someone would say, oh, I want chicken today. Oh, yeah. Or women could be like, oh, I don't know, you pick. And then you pick something, but that's not what they want. That's mind games. That's mind games. Mm. Fuck, that is mind games. I can't do mind games. But maybe, but maybe we could find our own way of communicating. So if I say, if she says... Chicken. And she says, I don't mind. I'm like, okay. I'll get some chicken then. And she, and then I see her face. You're like, instantly playing mind games now. I'm, I'm trying to be sarcastic. Ah, I'm trying okay. to be sarcastic. So I'm like, you know, shaking my head. Oh, let's do some chicken then. And then I see her face and she does this little, you know, meanie thing. I'm like, okay, not chicken then. She pulls a face. Yeah, she pulls a face. And then I'd be like, all right, how about some Mexican? And then I see her smile and be like, oh, Mexican then. It will be one of those things that it's not mind games. It's not. It's just another way of communicating. Mm, okay. Yeah. Good point. All right. I'm gonna go back to something you said earlier that was a little bit. Hmm. What does it? You said. You 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 try to draw a line between the a relationship in your twenties and a relationship in which you settle down. Yeah. So why is a relationship that you you have in your twenties any different to one that you? you would say, I'm going to settle down now. Because by definition, do we not get into relationships in order to, I'm talking like serious relationships, yeah. Yeah. in order to find that person that we're going to settle down with? I absolutely agree. So It's just personally, I there is, it's impossible for me to have a relationship now because of the career I've chosen. Okay. 
I can't expect to meet someone, you know, I could possibly like, and then be like, I need you to waste a prime time in your life waiting for me while I'm on a ship. Mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. Even if they're willing to, even if they're not, I'm just not willing to do that. By the time I'm 30, I should have a good position on a ship. I should be more flexible. I should have some amount of money saved up. And then I can start trying to settle down. Plus, at that point, if I've got 10 years experience, I can easily change my job and work from the shore. Hmm. I can sort of... There's loads of things I could do. I could become a broker. There's insurance. There's so many different things, generally. But I just I need to get over this hurdle of... of you know, banging it out and putting 110% of it into what I want to do because this is what I want to do. I can't I can't ask someone to wait for me while I'm going to be half a year at sea and then wait for them, ask them to wait for me half a year. That's, that's why I can't have a serious relationship in my 20s. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously you go, when, when, when you meet someone and you think there's a spark of connection there, you, you would still pursue it. But I'd you're not, not shutting yourself from no, no, no. I'd, I'd talk to the person. I'd, I'd because I enjoy talking to that person. But I'd never be like, do you want to go out? Shall we go out? Let's do this. Let's because one, it will probably break my heart at the end of it because I'm just getting closer and closer to that person. But then also, it's just, it's just not going to work. It's not feasible. Mm. But yeah, if anyone wants to have babies when they're twenty and get married at twenty one, go for it. I don't care. Yeah. It's your life. Circumstances lend themselves yeah. to different situations. People believe that love and first sight. Happy for you. Go for it. Spend sixty years together. Good for you. But for me, it's just not because of what I'm. Well, hey, there's, choosing there's a difference. Do. You're talking about different. You're mentioning certain uh, ideas. So the love of first sight is an idea. Um, but that's different to what you're saying because you're talking about situational. So maybe like what you think you don't, you you don't, I'm just asking you now, are you saying you disbelieve in love at first sight or are you saying you won't act on it because of your situation? It's difficult because I thought at one point I, I was in love. Right. And I was very close to just ending all this possibility of, you know, career just to, just to pursue her. Okay. But that was wrong because the feeling was never reciprocated in any way, shape or form. It was just my thought. So that's why I'm, go- I'm focusing and I'm sort of pushing myself not to, to believe in that love at first sight thing and just to slow into it and just do what I want to do for sure, which is build a career, mm. make, make it at sea. And then I can allow myself to sort of ease into it and be more open and then actually go in and get a chance of Love, obviously. But the, the, that situation was never a love at first sight thing. It was a gradual build-up of many years. Yeah, but it and, lasted a long time. Yeah, no, it did. But that's the... One thing is, is the... Well, I'm talking about the initialization of something. Yeah. And that's different to how that thing plays out. Okay, I see. I see. I because see I, think, I think there is, there is kind of a... a uh, variant of love at first sight that you experienced a little bit like last summer it wasn't love at first sight but it was uh, uh, there was a, a quick spark 
from at least yourself. Yeah. I'm trying to say that you're not a fucking block of wood. Like no, you still no, have no, these no, no, no. I love, I love talking to people. I love having, making connections with people that, that I vibe with. Mm. I'm not going to shut myself off from every, whatever new person I meet. It's not. It's just, I'm just saying for me. Like for you, it could be different. You could, you maybe, I'm not saying this is you, you maybe want to find that person in your 20s. Mm. Because you want to spend as much time as with them as possible, as mm. humanly possible. I'm not like that, but I like I like pe- people who think like that. I feel like mm, that I, makes sense. Yeah, actually, I I was like that, but that's because I <laughs> doesn't sound a bit after what I've said. But I am a bit of a romantic in the sense that. What do you mean? It doesn't sound like. Okay, if I'm banning off all romance for ten years and then because I want to pursue, you know, what I want to pursue. But the, do you know what it is? The reason for doing that is inherently romantic, because you're think of the scenario in like an overdramatized stage play. It's like there's there's a there's a a woman that you have feelings for, but you're like, no, I must go and and do this thing so that I can come back and be you know, present, be present in a holistic way. So that you are romantic. There's, I mean, if you say it like that, it is, yeah, there's a bit of evidence there. You're more romantic than uh, somebody who uh, gets into a relationship uh, early and um, sort of begins to take it for granted. A hundred percent. Because even though they have that, which you do not, you, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to describe them, but let's say the, the supernatural aspects of it that all humans relate to or aspire to, you know, love, uh, romance, you, that's a part of your character as opposed to somebody else. Yeah. yeah that's fucking true. How I Met Your Mother, right? Mm-hmm. I love that show. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Good show. It is, but other shows are available. It's it's sad because of how how many times I've seen it and how many times I cry at the end just because of how much it means to me. Okay, but so that, you, that show is very heavily break break romantic. that down for me. Break that down for me. The the how I met your mother and how you see the ending. The ending is shit. Right. The ending so is shit. So what parts of it make you cry? Oh, you're gonna tell me about the the thing with Barney. So Barney, yeah, that's that's a big one because it also shows that you know love doesn't really mean between a man and a woman, and then they spend their life together. Love is it, it can be something that you make, even even mistake. Like, Barney has a kid, <laughs> and it just changes everything about him. Like he he never he never felt love in the conventional sense of boy meets girl, boy boy or girl girl, whatever you want to say, or them. Okay, them meet and fall in love. Okay. It's it's not that conventional love story. It's it's him having fun. Sometimes he's a bit of a cunt, but then he has this baby, and this baby changes everything about him. And, and then he there's this there's this new profound love that he's never felt before in his life, and it just is it over, it's overwhelming and it overcomes him, because before he went to see that baby, he didn't want anything to do with it. But as soon as he held held the baby in his arms, everything changed, mm. and and that's what I love about it. And even though the ending of How I Met Your Mother is a bit shit. That's your favourite part of it? That is my favourite part. But another thing that I do commend the writers for is, you know, so you know the relationship between Ted and Robin? Mm-hmm. How there was always something there you could tell. Right. But it's just circumstances were never, you know, it was always the wrong time. Yeah. Always for both of them. It was the right place, wrong time, every time. 
So, so then obviously Ted had to move on, and then obviously Robin moved on, and they all went separate lives. Ted found um, his love of his life. They had kids. Robin went and did her thing with her career. But then after everything settled down, it was finally the right time, and then they could they could be together. Mm-hmm. Now there's always going to be love there because they were, you know, you could tell from the beginning of the show there was something there. It's just in the beginning, they were wrong time. Who do you relate to more in that situation, Ted or Robin or both or their situations? Because what you described earlier sort of lends itself yeah. to what Robin did. I think, I don't think I, I sort of, it's both of them in a sense because, because it's, they had to go and do what was best for them at that point. Right. Like I'm doing for me. Right. That's why I can sort of relate to both of them. Okay. It's not it's not because Robin was focusing on her career. I I can sort of see myself in her a little bit or or whatnot. It's just that the the fact that it just wasn't the right time and they needed to focus on them. Mm. That's it. But ideally, you know, you asked me this two years ago, who would I want to be? It would've would have always been Marshall. Would have always been Marshall. Marshall met his girlfriend not... in college. Ah. And then th- then that was it for her, for him, happy. They they um Marshall became a lawyer, mm-hmm. which was his dream. Lily obviously had to make a sacrifice, she was a kindergarten teacher. And then once Marshall made it sort of big somewhat, he um became a judge. Before that, he gave up on the opportunity of becoming a judge so Lily can pursue her career oh, yeah. in France. And then that, that's what I would have wanted. I think relatively, though, you could still achieve that. I can, because, but, but for me, it's difficult because I can't ask someone to stay for me and wait for me. The relatively, you could still, you're still on track to be like Marshall. Yeah, it's just the only difference is with my work, I have to be away from home. I have to. But after? Yeah. I'm talking after. Even after. So uh, so you said, because you said you're going you're gonna to have to take like a 10 year off serious relationship so that you can get to a point where, where in which you can then have the serious relationship. Um, are you saying that even at that point you're going to have to be away for a long time? See, I don't know. That's the thing. Because if, if you are, I'm... then your entire hypothesis or idea of what you want to do is kind of flawed. It is, but my my idea is at this point, and this is all, you know, it could all change. I could change it tomorrow. I can change it in five minutes. It's just what I'm thinking of now is I get to a decent position and then I'd be like, okay, I've, I've had my fun. I've had got X amount of years at sea. I want to work from shore now. Mm-hmm. And then I can have like a probably stable job, nine to five, let's say, but I can work, excuse me, work specifically from shore, still in the industry. I don't know what yet, because I don't know what jobs there are out there. I know there's like a broker, I know there's insurance, I know there's like, there's different things, but I don't, I don't know the first thing about them. That, that, if I was going to do this, that's what I'd do. I wouldn't be like, okay, I've made it now, but I'm still going to be sailing away for six months at a time but now I need to find someone and they have to work for me I can't do that if I'm going to make that step then I need to step off the ship and onto the shore okay how what time frame do you think is reasonable for that 
what to start looking it, for. It, it sound to step off the ship and onto the shore, because that sounds like it sounds like a more than ten year long time frame. It sounds you know bordering on. I don't have 20. to. Be, I don't have to be a captain. You don't have to make your way to captain. I can be a chief mate. Yeah, but you're going. You're not going to graduate as a captain, right? You're going to graduate and you're going to be a deckhand. First, first, first officer. First, deckhand. No, yeah, first officer. Once you've got your rank, you need to spend a minimum one year at, in that rank to be able to do the exams so you can pass to become second officer. Mm-hmm. Same for that rank as well. One year at sea, then you do exams, you pass chief officer, and then again all that exams. So I could do it before I'm 30, but I'll be like smashing it out. Mm. And I mean, captains still have to work. Mm. Like, you know, we're talking still blanket periods away from, mm. shall we say, the normal self. Mm. It's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, people do have families. Like at sea. Yeah. Like, people are married, they have kids. And, and obviously it also depends on what type of vessel it is. If it's a cruise ship, which I don't really want to go into, then you're kind of away weeks at a time, or one week on, one week off, you know, type of thing. But I don't, that doesn't appeal to me. I want to be on the long voyages. I want to see more of the world. I don't care about the Caribbean. If I'm working all the time, I want to go to the Caribbean and experience it. It's one of those things. What is it about? Is it is it a bit more than just seeing the world? Is it also, because you're learning all about loads that huge commercial ships carry so you're going to be able to see also how this aspect of industry works is that also that that is yeah and it's 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 more of a reliable because if you look at like the coronavirus now cruise ships are not working mm-hmm. not enough at all but you still got some bulk carriers you've got container ships that are working oil is obviously working you've got these ships that are Okay, it's not as working as much as they were, but they're still working. Plus the money aspect. You get, you get more money for work for gas and oil. Yeah. Well, well, I think we did very well. So I'm going to sign off. Not too shabby. I think an hour and a half is very good. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode. And we will come back with another one very soon. Hopefully, yeah.